Welcome to The Strong Room, presented by Macmillan Estate Planning. I'm Herb Hamm. Good estate planning is about life and legacy, and each week on this program, we present timely insights and strategies that help families and business owners understand their options. On today's program, estate and trust planning specialist Sherry McMillan covers two main topics. One is of particular interest to families who want to share their estate with their children in the present day. But first, Sherry, in conversation with Peter Watts of News Talk 770, notes the dramatic negative impact snowbirding can have on the value of an estate and how to prevent that from happening. We don't want to end up with some kind of consequence in our estate that we weren't aware of um, by the IRS taking a parcel of our estate away from our family. And so uh, we think these people are very smart, Peter. You know, we, we encourage them to go south and enjoy the warm climate, but they do have to be conscientious of the fact that there is an impact in their estate and their affairs, both sometimes on an annual basis in their estate, but also sometimes in their estate in their passing. And many people are unaware that they even have this kind of impact happening. So one of the things, of course, is how long you you're down there in a calendar year, and and it, you, you have to keep especially careful track if you make three or four trips over the course of the year as opposed to going down in November and staying until March. That's right, and I think from the point of view when we're traveling south, there's a lot of mixed messages that come about from different accounting practices, from the Snowbird Organization. I mean, there's a lot of material out there that we can glean from, but the problem is we have to look at our own particular circumstances and what are we doing and how is it going to impact us, those particular rules. So there's different thresholds of wealth that you're impacted in different ways. But in addition, there's a number of day formula that we have to contemplate. And so this is where most of us truly actually get stuck. And so one of the things I do like to share with families is for them to understand that the number of days that you spend in the United States is not the typical rule we hear about, which is called the 183-day rule. In fact, it's actually much more complex than that. And what happens is many of us end up getting caught in this particular rule. And so how the rule actually works, Peter, is that the IRS count the number of days that you reside in the America, um, 100% of the days you resided there last year. But it's not quite that simple because they also count one-third of the days the year prior to that and one-sixth of the days prior to that. They add that together to total 183 days. And then if you're in excess of that, you're offside. So many families are shocked when they start to calculate and accumulate the number of days they've spent there. And this is a a really tricky business, you know, for families that have property, let's say in Montana, they just cross over uh, on a Friday night and spend the weekend there. Well, if you cross over at 11 p.m., that's one day. It adds to your whole equation. And so, you know, we have many clients that do travel plans at midnight, and I'm not joking about that, so that they can optimize their days in America. Now, why would you be worried about this? Well, the reason you'd be worried about this is in America, they have inheritance tax that we do not have in Canada. And so not many of us have worked really diligently here in Canada to create an estate and then want to share it with the IRS unnecessarily. And it's not a small tax. It can be upwards between 40 and 50% of our estate's value. So you can see how dangerous this rule is if you don't have an understanding of it. And as you have talked about in the past, the IRS can come after your non-American assets, your Canadian assets or something else uh, if if you run afoul of the rules. 
That's right. And, you know, it's a shock to us, really, as Canadians, that that's possible. But we do have a legal treaty with America for collection, especially when we owe income tax. Um, Vice versa, Canada and America have both a position in that way. But that being said, it does mean that you have exposed not just the U.S. assets, which would be the common sense thought pattern around this, you could potentially have exposed your entire worldwide estate. So that could include all your Canadian assets. If you own U.S. US assets, it includes them. If you own international assets, it may include them as well. And so you can see how punitive this potentially could be. And we've actually had in our history in the last two decades at Macmillan, once in a while, we've had a situation where this has arisen. And you know that overall estate tax for the families has been as high as in America, combined with the Canadian tax owed, up to 68% of someone's value. Could you imagine losing that much of your value in an estate? So this is why it's so imperative that families really enjoy their warm climate, but understand the rules and use them to their own advantage. And don't leave home without an estate plan if you're going to be down there for that length of time. Have a plan. That's right. And so the great part is, even if you've been offside for many, many years, and we meet many families that have been, um, you can clean up and you can get back on side. It only takes a couple of few years. And so we help families um, be a little bit of a travel agent for them by realigning their number of days properly so that they don't have this risk associated with their estate. Now, the peculiar part about this particular rule is how it impacts spouses, because in Canada, in estate planning, what we normally see is a nice rollover of our estate's tax Tax, tax-free tax rollover, in fact, to our partner, our spouse. So we don't pay tax when the first spouse passes. We don't pay tax until the second spouse passes in a traditional approach here in Canada. The American system does not work the same for us as Canadians. What happens is when we have U.S. assets or too many days in America and we try and transfer our estate to our Canadian spouse, America wants a bite of that prior to the transfer to your Canadian spouse. So you can just imagine you have a cottage, you have you know RSPs, you have savings accounts for retirement, and now you have the IRS reaching into your spouse's hands because you've passed and collecting on taxation in the U.S. This is a tragic situation that families face if they aren't understanding the consequences of these rules. So they're really, really imperative because I think they actually impact your life plan in your estate. And as you know, Peter, I feel strongly that all estate plans should be based on the life plan on how you're going to protect the decades you face ahead of you. Uh, it, it's a uh, it's a situation where we talk a lot on this program about peace of mind. Um, so find out if you're going to be a snowbird, terrific. But find out what the rules are and find out specifically how those rules affect your situation before you cross the border. And we're very, very fortunate because if we are proactive in our planning, not reactive, we can actually solve these agendas that are happening in our estates. And so we can have the best of both worlds. We can have uh, basically a nice suntan in the winter months, but we can also not have a haircut in our estate from the point of view. (laughs) That's good. And we want to make sure that families have that in place. So one of the things that we use as a tool, for example, Peter, is we make sure that they use a trust if they buy a U.S. property. We make sure that they stay within the exemption limits of the number of days. And then we also send them to travel agents to go abroad a little bit as well to combine it and end up with an overall value that is left in their family's hands. Love trusts. Love the concept of them um, as it applies to U.S. property. Why do you recommend them and what is the appeal? 
Well, they're a very unique opportunity for us, and really, I think most families should contemplate trust both in Canada and America, but especially in America, it really does have a real dramatic impact in someone's estate tax. And the reason being is a trust is like a holding pot. It's a separate entity of ourselves, and it can own an asset on our behalf. So the unique part about a trust is a trust doesn't actually die. We do, but our trusts don't. And so we have the privilege, if we hold assets in a trust, to not pay some income tax in the moment of death. So let's say you held your U.S. property in a trust through the course of your life, and then you use that tool again to transfer the wealth to your children. What would happen is that's never held as part of your estate. And because it's not held as part of your estate, you don't pay the U.S. estate tax on it. So it's a very beautiful tool for us as families, especially when we have American assets. Uh, to give protection to it. Sherry, does that work for everybody? Or again, is each situation unique and you have to ask the question, does this work best for me? Or is there something else that would work better? Certainly, Peter, there's about four or five different options or versions that you can blend with trust planning that people should contemplate. So, you know, an example of that is if we have a high mortgage on our U.S. property, we may not have very much exposure to the U.S. estate tax. That's one idea. Um, I have other families who've had a life insurance contract to cover off the estate tax so that they can spend more days there in America and enjoy the warmer climate longer. So I think there's a number of choices that we have, but it's about having information so that you know you are making choices. Um, What has happened to most of us, I think, is we neglect to get the information and we're basically making a choice out of ignorance, not deliberately. So people that are listening today who aren't necessarily clients of Macmillan Estate Planning uh, can call you. Uh, and and I suppose get that information. Is there anywhere else they can go to get information that is reliable and that they can apply to their own case with some feeling of comfort? Uh, Certainly. I think, you know, one of the things that I always recommend to families is that they go right to the source, Peter. I'm a huge supporter of always knowing the real rules, not people's interpretations of rules. And so we, even as estate planners, we actually use the IRS's website um, and just like we do in, in Canada using the Revenue Canada website. And you at the U.S. Consulate in Calgary probably would be a good source of information on this as well. That's right. Sherry McMillan and Peter Watts will be back in a moment to talk about an often overlooked opportunity when it comes to estate planning. This is The Strong Room.